What's up, everyone? This is James with BarryFlow.com. We are live on episode number 74 of Upstream. This one is entitled Vienna for the leaked rendering of a new BlackBerry-powered Android device we spotted. Now, as well here on air, we have one of our stalwart participants in BarryFlow Upstream, Mr. Darius Stokes. How you doing, man? What's going on, brother? How you doing? Good to see you back, man. Good to have you on, as always. I know you've been, been crazy, hella busy with work, man, but awesome <sighs> to have you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be back. I wanted to do it last week. Um, I forgot it was my son's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I didn't forget, bro. It just, it was like, man, we got It comes up quick, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was like, <laughs> we got to do something. So it took him to go see Peanuts, had some fun. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm happy to be back. I want to do this for a while. I'm, Got so much going on. I'm going to Germany in the next couple months. Been moving, been in the field, you know, military life. But yeah, I'm, I'm here. But you're holding it down, man. Do you have a priv or are you still rocking a passport? Yeah, no, no, no. I have a, I have a priv. You know, I got it the day of a release. Uh, I'm still rocking a passport. I'm still rocking a Z30 and a Z10. But uh, not all <laughs> at the same time. I don't indulge. <laughs> No, I'm gonna but, get you no. uh, Christmas. Christmas coming up. I'm gonna get you a little belt holster for all of them. Right, right, yeah. I'm, I'm customizing the tool belt, man. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I love it though. You know, what I'm saying. Um, great device, great device. You know, happy to. I actually have the only one in the city of Augusta. Well, I can't say that anymore. But I know the day of launch that I had the only one in town because none of the AT&T stores had one. It was only one store who had it, and it was supposed to be their display unit. But they were like, you haven't put it out yet. You can get it. So, oh man, at least for a day, I I was the only one here in, in town with it. But I don't know. Maybe some other stores have it. I mean, other people have it. That's that's almost a problem, right? I right. Mean, like I wish these devices were getting out more. But we're here as well with Alex Bass of Cyberbyte Sync. How you doing, Alex? Good. Just been you know playing with the pro, trying to get used to it. It's been a, such a big transition, you know, from BlackBerry Ten and. I've been really comparing and contrasting in my mind, at least, trying to get used to it. What do I like? What do I not like? So excited to kind of discuss this kind of stuff a little bit later. Yeah, and, and we've got a, quite a bit to discuss in terms of news, leaks, rumors. So we'll just hop right in. Right around launch time, a little bit thereafter, BlackBerry Priv saw release on Amazon for like a split second, and they were gone like lightning. What was cool was, while a lot of people are waiting on pre-orders from Shop BlackBerry, the units on Amazon were shipping next day, so they had a specific quantity, and those devices were going out, which I thought was pretty cool, right? Getting Amazon on board, I mean, you had that partnership to bring their app store on the BlackBerry 10. Good to see you've still got them as a distribution partner here so they can get these devices out. The pricing was the exact same as Shop BlackBerry, 699 US, and again, those devices flew like hotcakes. Alex, are they still currently not stocked, or have they I mean, re-upped on their supply? Yeah, they have that uh, one new from $1,100 and available from these sellers. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely out right now. There's just someone trying to price gouge um, and and usually ships within two to three weeks. So they don't even, like, have one in stock. They're trying to sell it for $1,100, and you'll get it in two to three weeks along with everyone else. And, so. and not only that, they're going to charge you for shipping. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The struggle is real, man. Sure. What about that? What about that prime, right? I want to right. check it yeah, tomorrow. Exactly. But uh, you know, it's cool at least that we're seeing this happen. Getting the device out there in front of people is is that's what needs to happen, right? And Amazon is such an accessible way for people to buy online. Shop BlackBerry has been such a nightmare, dude. Oh my god, I cry for everyone who pre-ordered. I'm so sorry I, that. Me too. Our, our thoughts and our prayers are with you. I promise. 
uh, it's I mean it's crazy, you know. I mean, because your priv isn't probably right. <laughs> probably isn't really coming to you, you know. What I'm saying? But they just got your hopes. So like, hey, it's it's on the way, but yeah, it's on the way. No, I, I like even with you know Amazon the quick sellout. You know, they probably only had a handful themselves, and I'm meaning a handful in Amazon's terms, maybe like I don't even want to say like a couple hundred. I I, I don't know what it is. It just isn't a lot. I would say that much because you got to think. I mean, there's a lot. There's been so many people saying that. You know, oh, my AT&T store had one. Like, I'm, I haven't heard of any AT&T stores having any more than like two to three of the devices, yep. like Mac. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. on release. Like, and that's crazy. So, I, I can only imagine how many Amazon's gonna have. You know what I'm saying? So, could I say a couple hundred? That's probably. I don't even want to say that's too far fetched because it's probably just far fetched. But they probably really just had like a a couple hundred devices and they sold out that quick. So. Uh. I, I had asked this question to the manager at one of the AT&Ts I went to, who's a regional manager for a lot of the AT&Ts in the area. So he jumps around to the different stores. He said that the corporate, the corporate like warehouse where they get the devices shipped from, only have like thirty. Wow. And that was so supposed, I mean, and that was supposed to last them at least two weeks. Right. Like now think about. Weekend, you know. Yeah. Think about Amazon. You know, they're more of. I mean, they're dealing globally, right? So with Amazon dealing globally. You, you can only imagine them having seriously probably just a couple hundred. You know what I'm saying? And I don't even want to go. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't put a number on it, but I'm telling you that there really couldn't have been that that many. It, it had to be a couple hundred, if that. Yeah, you know, if their demand, if they looked at how many, I don't know, Z30s they sold or passports, and if they kind of based it off of that, they probably realistically didn't build that many units. And again, they didn't want to have the Z10 fiasco where they had a million units that were unsold. And then even it's I mean look at even look at the six P that that came out like that is pushed back literally a month like that is that is just as difficult to get as the priv at this moment right. and it's kind of funny that the two like major flagships that are coming out that people are hyped about at least you know in our little circle they're both like impossible to get right now so I don't, I don't know if something's gone with manufacturing or if this is just how it is and now we need to get used to this now that we're in the Android family that we have a combination of like playing it safe in terms yeah. of the manufacturing and also creating demand, right? Right. Total supply, you can control the demand. So if you piecemeal this out, it allows you to keep building momentum. My problem is if you pre-order a device, you need to get it at least shipped on date. Because yeah. you know what the volume is, you can then manufacture and get the hardware together in advance. Right. Exactly. You know, the fact that, that the people waiting on their pre-orders are waiting to the end of November at this point due right. to high demand of priv is like, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I, I don't want to be in a queue behind pre-orders, you know? But do you no, think they probably want the AT&T stores and, and these other stores that they're releasing to, Carphone Warehouse, they probably want people who go there to immediately be able to get the device because they want to keep this, this carrier partnership going really well. And if you had all these people showing up to the carriers and being really mad that the device isn't there, probably just, you know, people would be yelling at AT AT&T and these other carriers, and the carriers would be like, BlackBerry, you know, you're screwing us over. And so it's not surprising to me that they... I mean, you you make a great point, Alex. You really do make a great point in terms of keeping a great relationship with the uh, carriers. But my beef is is that, okay, as James had mentioned, in terms of people putting in these pre-orders, yes, you should at least ship them, you know what I'm saying, on time. Uh, but Because you have an outlook. You know your numbers. You know how many pre-orders you have. So, yes, that should be time for you to get these manufacturers, uh, get the you know, devices manufactured and get them sent out. As But in terms of with the carriers, it's kind of almost like 
if your reps aren't educating people on the device being, you know what I'm saying, available, uh, you really can't really, you know, say we're going to hold our carriers to a standard as well as our carriers are going to try to hold us to a standard. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not really pushing our product. As much as we try to build this relationship with you all, when I come in the AT&T store, is the first thing you're saying on launch date, hey, we have the new AT&T, you know, BlackBerry uh, Priv, come check it out. No, they're not saying that. When I went and got mine, they were like, man, I don't see too many people who have Blackberries. I didn't even know we had this device. That's what you get when you go into these AT&T stores. And I'm sure any other carrier store, I don't just exclude AT&T from the rest. No, this is what generally happens. So, yes, I'm going to push my product across all, um, you know, venues that I can possibly and not just try to save face with AT&T because clearly we know the device is coming to Verizon I'm sure we'll be coming to T-Mobile. Sprint is still in the air, but at the same time, as if I'm BlackBerry, I know that this device <laughs> we were, were we have a lot riding on it. Right now, I'm really trying to make every, sure everything is right with this. You know, as far as with the passport, I say they couldn't have done it any better, except for putting in carriers on release date. You know what I'm saying? But um, as far as with the priv, I just think that them meeting demand is really kind of subpar, and I think they just dropped the ball a tad bit on that because they had an outlook. They they put out their pre-order. Why are you even putting out pre-orders if you're not going to ship the device on time? That's just the biggest flaw right there. Yeah, and then, like, you could bring up the argument, too, that maybe they're they're delaying a lot of this, too, to really get the hub and all these other apps refined because all these reviews are coming out, and, and they'll point out, you know, various problems here and there. But, you know, the thing that disappoints me a bit is, you know, the hub and these other apps last updated November 4th. It's been a week, you know, approaching two weeks now, and we haven't gotten an update on, on right. those kind of things. It's a little bit disappointing, but I, I could see them, you know, being busy with other things, uh, I think it's going to be like one big general, you know, firmware update that we're going to see, not just updating specific apps. I mean, just the entire OS itself. I think we will see that overall. I think a lot of people, people that have the device right now are making their quote unquote complaints or just issues that they have with the OS. What are the biggest things? I know for me specifically, it's been uh, multimedia messages um, in text and chat groups. Um, Specifically, just with the text messages, uh, and yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and be like harp on it. It's just in my line of work, I really depend on that as a you know means of communication. So it's kind of a you know a downer for me. But I'm not gonna see you know that's the end all be all or you know what I'm saying the star breaks the camel's back. I'm not gonna say that's it. I'm just saying it's one of the issues that are arising. I see people complaining about it, but that specifically has been a known issue with Lollipop. So I can't say that's BlackBerry. You know, it's just you'll see things as you're using the device. As the device begins to settle over days, you see issues that it has along with the software. But I'm not going to say this is just BlackBerry's, you know, issue as well because a lot of OEMs run into these issues, especially the devices that are using I'm sure they have bugs, and I'm sure the OS is flawed right now. But there is always going to be an OS update that comes shortly after release. So it's like a- like marshmallow, you know. And it's like Google's already given up on bug fixes in terms right, of Android right. outside of, or excuse me, outside of Android Lollipop, because you know they have marshmallow already in market, and that's what they're pushing forward, which has the security and a lot of the other yeah. added features. Yeah. Here's the thing for me, right? They are already telling us they're going to be pushing monthly security software updates. Mm-hmm. That may be a way for them to beeline the other apps as well, right? You're already right. pushing an update. 
and the up the apps automatically get updated as well, or they send out that massive update across all the apps at the same time so that it feels kind of cogent, it feels kind of together. Yeah. But I'd be happy with any kind of updates. I'm with Alex in that <laughs> camp where you know it's been it's been a week and a half, a week plus. These, there's a lot of people voicing concerns, mm-hmm. and it's either you know these apps have to be updated at a consistent pace to keep up with user demands, or at least modified to meet those demands. And yeah. and we don't see a lot of that happening at least yet. And I don't want that to dissuade anyone from buying a Priv, but you need to go into it realizing this is an Android phone. So a lot right. of the things that BlackBerry has issues with are, are really the integration of BlackBerry and Android, where Android may not have necessarily that helping hand out for BlackBerry to then go and grab, right? A lot of it's up to BlackBerry to kind of engineer and put together to make happen. But, you know, we're talking about Priv. Pre-order had very high demands, and as well, the device is officially available now in Hong Kong as well. Alex, what's the price that that's coming out to over there? Yeah, so Hong Kong, um, it, it came out to about, what was it, 837 bucks or so. That's kind of what it translates over to, which it is a little bit pricey, but again, I don't know. I, there have been some strange prices going everywhere, everywhere, honestly. But again, you have to deal with just, there, there's so many various fees associated with dealing in other countries and and tariffs and taxes and I don't know. Depending on the economy, depending on, you know, up and, yeah, it's a lot of things you have to kind of, you know, include with the pricing. I mean, it's going to be high end. I don't want to say the device. I mean, the price. It's already been slated, uh, stated that it's going to be a high end price. You know, that's without a doubt. So when you hear the pricing translated into the U.S. dollar, yeah, it's still a, a high amount, you know what I mean, without a doubt. But the point of the fact is, is just that they got to sell these devices and they need to get money off of them. But I like how Chen is really using his connections in the Asian market. Uh, that he, he started off last year. You've seen him at the end of the, uh, that kind of like that last leg, um, 2014 year. He was over there. He was making connections, uh, attending, you know, events. Um, Pushing the passports specifically, excuse me, um, and I know like they got the uh, silver edition passport over there like relatively quickly. So to see the priv like off the bat, I would think me personally, I thought I wouldn't see the priv there until like next year, early 2016. So to see it now already is actually it's pretty pretty uh, impressive to be honest with you. And it's, it's good to see at least that they're able to get out there and make those devices sell. I think really there's a lot more of a long-term strategy coming to a head here. And that kind of transitioned us, us perfectly into this conversation about SecuSuite, right, and the expansion of that business offering with encrypted voice chat. This is awesome for them. They get to build out on a lot of those different features, right? Right. You've made an acquisition, now you're putting it to market to make money for you. And I think that's such a smart thing for them to do at this point, to keep pushing that pedal down so they can keep getting these revenues, right? Because this is a, a software company at this point. And as I said in, in previous upstreams and in articles, the priv is almost a representation of the finality of that software shift. We are now a software company. Look at us using someone else's software and modifying software and adding in software to make an experience, right? And, you know, you can make the argument that that's exactly what they did with BlackBerry 10, but BlackBerry 10 was more an organic thing. You know, we have these gripes about SMS and, you know, Lollipop bugs and this and that, and it's like, well, we can't blame BlackBerry for those anymore, right? That kind of sucks. We used to just yeah. go all in on BlackBerry for those little right. things, and now it's, it's a split type of thing. So as a user, if you're looking at BlackBerry 10 and you're, you're happy with the experience you have, 
Priv may not be something necessarily for you, but what I think it is is it establishes, one, them in the high-end space so they can really make some money with higher margins, but as well, as Darius mentioned, they're going to be able to play up to those carriers across the globe and say, look, we have a strong Android offering now, and here's how we're going to elevate it. And that brings us into our conversation about Vienna. This is a leaked render from CrackBerry. And while we're talking about CrackBerry, I will mention that Blaze is not able to be here with us tonight. He's actually probably landing or flying right now, heading from Winnipeg down to Arizona. So we'll have him very likely on next week. But uh, he did want to make mention that you know the leaks images of Vienna were sent to him. He, this is all he knows. This is all he's got. Don't send him a bunch of emails asking for more because <laughs> this is all we got, guys. <laughs> if, this is what the device is looking like, and it's kind of a blended aesthetic of maybe a little bit of the, the Priv, a little bit of the Passport Silver Edition, bundled up with what looks like a Z10 screen. Did they finally find use for those old inventory here, <laughs> making use of that uh, the Z10 screen? It's just a really ironic because you have the hardware buttons of the Android operating system, get the lock screen of the BlackBerry 10 operating system. Yeah, I that yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's ugly right now, but I like it. You know what I'm saying? What I think the most interesting thing is, it's like you know, they're already on the second Android device. If this is an Android device, they're already on to the second Android device. That means I want to I want to go back a little bit, and I'm not not to speak on other subjects, but just in general, if you look at what past uh, BlackBerry's been doing in the last year, they've been very aggressive in terms of the acquisitions, uh, pushing uh, the uh, new uh, services. Um, you see with the update with Bez 12, now they're also supporting um, Windows 10 and all the devices, um, you know, phones and tablets. Uh, you see with the Priv now, you see with, you know, they're making steps into the Android market. Um, they're really being aggressive. So when you see the Vienna, it's, it, it really gets you excited. It really gets you interested in to see what BlackBerry, I want to see what the next year is going to bring for BlackBerry. I really do because you want to see the numbers that the Priv can do. You want to see the potential it has. This is my main thing. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket with the Priv. Yes, yes. Let's, let's be safe here because you, you can't, I'm not, I mean, you kind of got to be a dummy to really sit here and be like, oh, my God, everything for BlackBerry rides on the Priv. No, they're a software company, one. Okay, so it's just their hardware that you're talking about. Does it depend all on the Priv? No, it doesn't. It can really show you where they're going to go, whether it's going to be left or right. If the Priv does well, then they could say, okay, we'll do another iteration or we'll do continue with these handsets and because we feel like we're gaining momentum somewhere. Um but I really like how BlackBerry's being aggressive right now. I really like where they're going because they're, I don't want to say desperate times to equal desperate measures, but that's almost what you really want to say yeah, because they know it's like... That's what Android they, is at this point. Right. Man, you know? it, it really is. You know what I'm saying? So you really can't sit here and be like, and eh, they're just out here, you know, swinging for the fences, but at the same time, they really can't play it safe. So they have to really be aggressive, um, and you can't really be mad at them. I mean, because you got to understand... Still to this day, what other companies kind of do what BlackBerry is really doing? Dropping the amount of devices that they do, you know, year round, and as well as you know, providing software services. There really isn't any other companies, but people just swear up and down that that ship is sinking fast, and it's really not. You know, it's just they're in a still in that transitional period. That transitional period can take years. You know what I'm saying? Because you're, you're speaking on fiscal years. So number-wise, you have to pay attention to that. If it's increasing but declining in other areas, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're hurting. It just means they're trying to find that level of uh, stability for them. Um, 
Alex, the, would you would you zoom uh, in a little bit on some of these devices at like the top left? Yeah. So let me actually open this up in a new tab because this totally isn't. There's just a lot of observations you can make here. So at the very top, you can see it's styled a lot like the Passport Silver Edition, where you have the the, the front facing shooter, the sensor. It's all kind of wrapped up. Kind of the leap, the white leap buttons where they went black and black on both, which is pretty interesting. Again, you've got a vertical screen. This is something I think people have been asking for forever. People wanted a candy bar QWERTY. They don't want a square screen because the world is not square, unfortunately. Right. right? Working wide is awesome, no doubt. But this is the general form factor. And again, Android apps work better in this form factor. So vertical screen and then the QWERTY. And if that's a touch-enabled four-row keyboard, just like the Priv, on this type of device, that's money. That's hot money. I am yeah. a, and I and I love the physical buttons for back home in yeah, recent apps that, as well. That's something that is definitely a little bit interesting. Um, in theory, yes, it's great, but like, what happens when I don't know whatever comes after Marshmallow and, and they decide to change change what the back, middle, and and right button look like or something? I don't really know. But yeah, I mean, I I think it does make sense to make them physical buttons. They are so integral to um, the operating system. So. Uh, definitely interesting, though. I think what you're looking at is this is more enterprise-directed. Um, when you look at this device here, I don't really want to say this one is the second device for consumers. This is definitely enterprise. I mean, because when you look at a more tactical uh, you know, interface in terms of what you – with the physical buttons, I think that all says productivity, make it happen now. It just screams enterprise to me personally. Um, looking at the back, it has that leap type of uh, backing to it. So, and then looking at the front as well, the, with the kind of the silver edition top um, in terms of the you know uh, speaker um, and the front facing camera as well as the sensor, I just feel like it, it definitely is more going to be an enterprise uh, push Android device for them. It could be their first Android enterprise device. Yes, I think it's going to be the first like cheaper, not cheaper, um, but yeah. cheaper. No, <laughs> no, I know, like, I know. Their yeah. entry level, it could be their entry level yeah. Android device. That was exactly what it could be. I think and it's, I think it's definitely more of a consumer device. I think U.S. stateside enterprises are going to eat this up because low cost, they can ship it out to their people. It's yeah. another, it's another classic running Android. But I think like in Indonesia, South Africa, Europe, this is going to be a cheaper device. Youth can jump on it. I mean, we see the different colors and things that they have planned, quote unquote. Yeah. And I think really this is that lower end device. You can pick it up for three hundred bucks, three, you know, a little bit more, and you can walk away with a really nice experience. Especially if BlackBerry can bring over some of their gusto to it, you know. You, you bring up a good point because realistically, if this wasn't a consumer device, like enterprises, like they don't care about colors. They're not like, oh, I want to make sure that I I have nice color options available for my employees. Like that's totally consumer oriented thing. So if they're gonna have four colors, these are nice looking colors, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, you know, you look at an iPhone and they have the different shades and they have like the rose gold, which is kind of pink, but like you have a solid nice red here, black, you know, navy blue, and then white. I think it's a nice range of colors that they're, they're sticking with. Yeah, it could definitely be like, you know, more region specific though in terms of the consumer. I don't not say that it won't come stateside, but when we look at uh, the Z3 and how long it took us to get the leap, 
you know, I mean, it, it could be one of those situations or it could just simply be, hey, it's going to be a global rollout of this device, which I would want it to be. Um, not really supply, surprised that the colors, um, the colorways that they have for the devices with the military green that we've already seen, the hard shell casing for that and the priv, the red, of course, I mean, kind of gets me excited to see if we will see a red priv because I will get rid of the one I have now in a heartbeat to get a red priv. <laughs> I just... You know what? To be honest with you, because I really want to. Darius, see Darius wanted a red leap. He wanted some I, red prim. <laughs> no, but I, you know what? Why? Why I would be excited? Because I was looking at the glass weave on the back the other day, and I'm like, man, this would be dope in red. If they could, if I could see, you know, red glass weave back design, um, design for um, priv, that would be awesome. So I would like to see it, but. Uh, I don't want to shy away from the Vienna. The Vienna is a, is a clean-looking device. Uh, it's, it's something to be interested about. It's something to be excited about just in general for BlackBerry, I think, just because, like I said, they're being a, extremely aggressive right now, extremely aggressive in all the moves that they're doing on from all angles, software, hardware, you know, enterprise services. It's just it's there. Question for you guys. Does, does this, does that look like a 2-megapixel camera on the front here? <laughs> it looks like it looks like the photos of the renders themselves was taken with a two megapixel camera. <laughs> right, exactly. now, here's the funny thing, right? Software can only take you so far, but I will say the most embarrassing thing about Priv is that front facing camera. And it's yeah. it's it is scary, scary bad. And and I, I wanna do a little demo here because it's it's awful. <laughs> it's it's really awful in low light. Like Renault was posting these these green looking photos. And he's right. They they look legitimately green, <laughs> and you can just yeah. see you have this like greenish hue kind of going around the outside of the device, and it just doesn't look attractive. It does I, I want to take like a photo of myself here and and share it for you guys. It's just but it's, for for a Snapchat camera, if you could think of it that way, like it's not a big deal. It, it's pretty <laughs> bad. I mean, especially in low light. Like I love taking selfies at night when I'm drunk. And I can't do it on my print. What do you want me to do? Hand it off to someone? When I'm drunk, I'm not handing my phone off to someone. <laughs> I, I, I can't trust. No, yeah, I've, 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 seen, I've read about people you know, speaking on the uh, the front-facing uh, camera and it's in low-light you know, settings. Like They were like, is my device defective? And it's not defective. It's just bad. Oh, <laughs> I, I, sent, I sent Ronell a, a, a green image, and he's like, true. Okay, it's not me. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you got yeah. some work. Like you say, you, the software is only going to take you so far. So I, I don't know, man. That's one of those mysteries is where it's like, and it's almost like that every single device BlackBerry does, man. It's everything can be uber clean across the board. Then you'd be like, you know what? Why do they do that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. And the front-facing camera is just like you couldn't bump it up a notch. Maybe it was just already in the production, just like, hey, we're going to stick with the two. It two is fine. I don't know. It could have been easily moved to five. Still, we probably would have complained about the software. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it needs to be fixed. And and here's the thing, right? I think when we talk about, you know, these are when we talk about priv and we talk about some of these negatives. I mean, these are small, small things on an overall device, yeah. right? Like heating. Yeah, the device gets hot sometimes, and hot's probably not even the right word. I'd say warm is probably a, a better term. It's not like it's like, ow, let me not hold my phone. 
but it, it gets hot. And these are software optimization things that have to happen. What's, it looks like the issue is if you look at the CPU cycles that are running on this device, it looks like it's running very, very heavy all the time, so that performance stays where it needs to be. Android had a lot of issues with on Lollipop getting full encryption on by default because there were performance issues. So they have to have those processors running all the time at full capacity to do both the encryption and the support of the OS function, you know, apps, accessing RAM, et cetera, et cetera. So right now this is a device that has to run hot so it could do what it achieves to do. Now whether this can be optimized in the future is definitely probably something that can happen, right? I mean, BlackBerry is the only one who's really trying this method, and I think it's only going to get better with time. Speaking on encryption and everything, I've been watching a few Android podcasts lately, and there's this one guy who keeps bringing up that, you know, he has a few security buddies, and they explain that BlackBerry really isn't doing anything crazy in security, and it's just as secure as the 6P and saying all this stuff, but it's like, from the sole point is we haven't seen, like, the phone rooted yet, so obviously they're doing something that makes it more secure than, say, the 6P, but he's going around telling everyone that, you know, the phone is not any more secure than any other Android phone, and it kind of got me a little bit annoyed to hear him, you know, going around saying that, but, you know, what do you... Here's, here's, a, good, here's, here's a good point, Alex. From a consumer perspective, which is his perspective... Yes. Is it? You know, from a consumer perspective, DTAC doesn't do anything really. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a notifies you, gives you information, but it doesn't give you accessible. It doesn't let you do anything with it. Yeah, it has the hardware root of trust, so it can't be rooted. But at the same point, Marshmallow fingerprint sensor. Are they even going to be able to get into a device on Marshmallow to actually root it without some of those security layers there? Right. Arguably, from a consumer perspective, all Android phones, and, and we said the same about BlackBerry 10. They're, all phones these days are basically the same. iPhone has a lot of security that they put in on their devices. Yeah. They have they have a hardware pin on theirs as well. It's not down to the you know root of trust level that BlackBerry has, but iPhone has something similar that they build in for their device and, and its encryption when enabled. It's that BlackBerry puts all of this stuff as their primary focus, and I think the organization of what they implement is really, really important. Because it's not only the hardware root of trust, right? Because you can replicate that. iPhone replicates that. But it's building that into the overall encryption, building it into the messaging, and building it into the entire experience so that your data is more secure. But, again, from a consumer perspective, I'd say all phones these days are about as secure as you are. And if you're an idiot, you're an idiot. You're going to get breached, right? Mm -hmm. Right. There's no no phone no phone is going to be idiot proof, unfortunately. Just like just like me putting on a password and then forgetting what it is, you know. That's that's me. <laughs> My phone's just doing what it's got to do. Right. I will say there are some really cool features to unlock via Wi-Fi on Android, which is dope. Yeah. Set it up. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get home, be like, "What's my password?" Not you don't need it anymore. And and that's the thing too. Like Darius, did you want a fingerprint sensor on Privd? Is that something you wanted, needed, no, were expecting? No, I I think I don't know. I I read about people saying like you know how they want fingerprint you know sensors or scanners or whatever on their devices. I feel like that is the most. What is the purpose of security if you're gonna look for something like that? Because I'm just I look at it from perspective. Okay, if you put it on there, you're trusting your OEM to provide you with software and hardware so that you can't get you know hacked or anything along those lines, right? But the point of fact is is that what if you do? And then, you know, your fingerprint is there. You know what I'm saying? I've always asked, what does Apple do with it? Apple always comes with issues. Oh, we don't touch it. It goes here. It's there. Da, 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 da. Okay, whatever. 
point of the fact is, is that I've always felt like that is just a level of security that is just not needed. Not in the mobile phone world. I, I just I don't see a purpose for it. it. It really isn't. I think a password or you know something along those lines of that level of security is more than enough. I don't think your fingerprint is not is needed, and I've never been fond of that personally. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's kind of one of those points that like. I think it's 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 like premature, right? It was this right. cool thing that they could do, so they did it, but <laughs> it doesn't really have an add you, a value add. I mean, no. quick payments. That I guess that you know that's something future looking, but a lot of people aren't using mobile payments outside of the outside of the U.S. right now, or outside of North America rather. So I, I see the viability, but I feel like it came way too early. And when BlackBerry does take the step to go and add something like that, it's gonna have all of their security expertise know-how behind it and it'll right. connect to probably a broader IoT application infrastructure where you know you can access different services different pieces of hardware anywhere and your fingerprint is your kind of all access pass but uh, again if you get booked at the if you get booked at the uh, you know the local office the first thing they take is your fingerprint so it's like how accessible yeah. do you want that information out there i mean uh, I, I, I'm, I'm Darius, or I just don't feel like it's necessary on mobile. I think it's nice, but not necessary. What about uh, you, Alex? Is a fingerprint sensor something you like, you wanted, you had to have? It's again, like I brought this up before. I, I've never experienced it, so I don't really want it. If I experienced it, I may see the usefulness of it, um, and then want it. But realistically, like I have my phone set to lock every 30 minutes, and it's just a, I'm I'm just using the swipe. Uh, the, the dots that does it doesn't actually show like where you swiped it or whatever and I know it's not the safest thing but realistically a lot of this I'm just at my house and yeah I could turn the Wi-Fi on so I don't need to even do it at my house but it's like unlocking my phone is not that big of a deal and if I'm about to buy something from like Google Play or whatever and have it prompt me for a password I really it's really not a big deal putting the password that one or two times over like oh it's so convenient that I put my fingerprint in so Unless I went crazy with locking my phone every 30 seconds, I can totally see why a fingerprint sensor would would I can see how how it would be a great addition. But I really don't see a need for it right now, at least. Yeah, I will say, man, trying to get into my girl's phone fingerprint that yeah. Samsung S6 can't do it, can't do it. So yeah. when she's when she's sleeping, you just grab the finger, <laughs> just right anywhere else. You smell, but man, they. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things. I think it's a little bit nascent in the terms of security, and I think I do think BlackBerry will take a step to do it. I just don't think the market's ready for it. Just like NFC, it's like cool, awesome. Who uses it? No one. Exactly. I mean, How long has NFC been around? Exactly. Forever. Yeah. Forever. And it still gets. I mean, it, I'm not saying it doesn't get used, and I'm sure that and that's not what you're putting across neither. So for people who may be listening, like they'd be like, "No, I use NFC. That's fine." But I'm saying you're like. <laughs> One of the minority, you know. You're, you're, you're also using stuff. BlackBerry 10. So. <laughs> like, no, it's just, it's very few people who are using it. I remember, like, people using it uh, when Android was really starting to blow up and becoming, um, you know, a huge contender in terms of the, of the mobile market. And people, uh, you know, well, I, I forgot what it's called. It was just, like, little bump thing, and you could just transfer files like that. And, okay, yeah. cool. That was, it was cool at the time, and then it was, like, whatever, bro, I'll just email it to you or I'll shoot you the link and you can download it straight to your phone or whatever the case may be. You know, now it's just, it's, those technologies aren't even, like, people don't even, I don't, I remember I used to transfer a lot of files via Bluetooth to friends of mine. I don't do that anymore. It's just too easy to take a link and just send it to someone, you know, 
and have them download it, you know, via link. It, it just it's easier to do it that way than sit there and wait for two minutes for this file to transfer. You with with images especially, like if you get your whole family using Google Photos, which trust me, I've got all my family with Google Photos. Yes, right. when I had when I when we had Z30s, it'd be like, oh, send me that picture. Okay, we'd bump phones and it would transfer the picture, which is great. Right. But like now, it's like, hey, I want all of those pictures you just took, and I just go and you know you hold down the button and you just drag to select them all. And right. then I just share, send it to my mom or whatever. She goes to the link and then clicks add to my gallery. One button and it's all in her Google Photos. Right. So like, it's gotten to a point where, yeah, sharing something like pictures, videos is so easy now if you have everyone on the same kind of platform that, yeah, NFC really, I, for the sole reason I was using it with my friends and, fam friends and family, I don't even do that anymore. So. And it's their cool technologies. It's just that, you know, I, I don't want to say that the technology is coming obsolete. It's the use for it is becoming obsolete. But the technology remains there. And it's always going to be there because it's convenient. And because of its convenience, these OEMs and manufacturers just in general will put it on their devices. They will make it available. It's just that, you know, the use for it, it, it truly is. It's obsolete, you know. Everything is in terms of uh, whether it be technology, whether it be applications that have the use for it, it's just the internet makes it that much easier now, you know. As I mentioned, it's just easier to send a link. It's easier to just open up the web page and access all the content there instead of having to download an app. You know, I say it's my, my book, uh, Mark, and go from there. Like, it's just, it's those things now. It's all about convenience opposed to the actual use of it, so to speak. I think NFC's main and only purpose in going in the future is going to be for payments. And I know that a lot in the U.S., like, we're not really using payments, but I'm telling you, every time I've gone to Starbucks, I've paid with my, my phone. I just hold it up to the NFC thing, and I have, like, a, a gift card that's tied to my phone that's tied with the Starbucks app. And every single time I've used it, and it's easy. So yeah. the more places that get used to doing that, then it's going to be a very big thing. And sure, if, if that ends up being the only reason why you get NFC in your phone is just to make mobile payments. I think it's worth it. I think it makes sense. No, um, you're, you're completely right. I think the only two places are with mobile payments and the automobile industry. Um, I've seen a cool concept of people, if you lose your keys and your phone is programmed to your car, you can use NFC to unlock your car still. So it, you have like those venues that NFC yeah. has its niche in. You know what I'm saying? But as far as consumer to consumer, that's becoming obsolete. It's more convenient in other places than it is with those technologies. Yeah. So it's just becoming far and few between in terms of its venues that it, it, it can still have its rise to fame, so to speak. Yeah. It's just not as there as much anymore. It's tough where, where software has to integrate into hardware, be it you know another phone, be it a, a smart terminal or whatever. And it's hard because you got to get that infrastructure built up so that the NFC then becomes useful. So, and that can be said of Bluetooth. The same thing can be said of Wi-Fi Direct, which and right. I was when which Alex when I was sending files to my parents or family members, Wi-Fi Direct NFC took way too long yeah. to initiate Bluetooth. Yeah, just 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 personally, but yeah. so. I want to talk a little bit more about the Vienna as we close here and transition to some conversations from our Patreon supporters. You guys are awesome. You guys are on point with these questions. I really know I need to get that post out earlier so that everyone can get their questions in earlier. I'm working on it, guys. I'm working on it. Um, I'm going to pull up the uh, the BBM channel here. We do have a private BBM channel where everyone gets to submit their comments, questions. They can yell at me, yell at Alex. He, he likes to read them too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we get a bunch of just uh, really good questions from folks, 
And you know, these are some of BlackBerry's like biggest fans, so it's really cool to see. This is a very loaded question, guys. So get ready. This one's about Vienna, right? We have this five million device target, right? And as Darius mentioned earlier, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. With the Vienna, everything starts to make a little bit more sense from a strategic perspective, right? Now we have Priv at the high end where we can get our margin, sell out on a you know a couple. Maybe I'm thinking they could probably hit one or two million, maybe even more, on Priv sales alone over the next year. And then if they can go hard with this Vienna device at the lower end and kind of augment the Priv sales. If they can go hard on those two devices in both enterprise and at the consumer level, they're going to hit that five million target. And I think Darius said it best here, where it, they cannot priv one is not the end; it's not the the, the the hail mary, but they need to hit that target. And I think two devices is going to allow them to hit that target a lot more readily. But what do you guys think? Do you think it's it's too early to bring another device? Like when would you want to see a device like this? I was thinking like. Mobile World Congress, end of spring, starting summer, so it's got some, some headway. But what do you guys think? I think it should be something that's played out a little bit longer to give Priv more space? Yeah, well, I mean, let's keep in mind right now, there are people who want the Priv who can't even buy it yet. So I think let's get over this hump where people at least you know, can buy the phone, get it in their hands, because there might be some people who they might settle with the Vienna over the priv, because it's probably going to be a little bit cheaper whatever ends up happening. i say just like force it. Like, this is what we have. We have a priv. You can buy it or not, and maybe Q2 of, of 2016 push out the Vienna, and I just wonder, are they going to have a third device, like, next year, or is the Vienna going to be the device of next year, which I I really don't think that would be the case, but I'd be curious. Yeah, I, I think you... You give it some time. You give the priv some time. Get the software yeah. updates out there. Get the get the phone solid, okay? Because it's not solid right now. Get the phone yeah. solid. Get the phone out there. Lower the price a little bit. As Alex mentioned, get the phone in people's hands. That's solid <laughs> from a software, um, you know, aspect. And then you can say, okay, it's got a little, you know, traction. It's got its legs underneath of it. Now we can put the Vienna out there. I just think when you look at the Vienna. We we don't know enough about it, you know. If we were talking about yes, yeah, top of the line in terms of specs, then I would say, yeah, hold off just a little bit. But if it's something that's going to be on a lower end, you know, entry level, so to speak, um, then put it out there. Like, who cares when it kind of gets out there? You know, put it out there now. But with that being said, I think it needs to be region specific because when you're looking at the priv from a price standpoint, you're not going to put this in. Indonesia and think it's going to do numbers. <laughs> you can't expect that at all. Yeah. I think that is like... Three people have to come together probably by one. <laughs> I just think it's like out of control, you know, so you had to look at it from that perspective. If the Vienna is going to be an entry-level phone, then yeah, put it out there, you know, just say like, alright, you know, we, boom, we drop the top end, uh, and then we got our low end, and then we'll give you, you know, the, over time, the priv falls from its high-end device to its you know, mid-level uh, device, of course, because you will have its the next latest and greatest out there. Um, I, I don't, I don't know about that, man. The passport's still five hundred bucks. I mean, that's killing. I mean, yeah, you're right, but you're looking at from a totally different OS, though. You know what I'm saying? So it's they kind of don't want to throw shame on their you know homegrown baby. They don't want to do that. So I see why the privilege is still priced where it's at because oh, if you're looking at it from 
BlackBerry, then okay, this is our high-end device from BlackBerry 10. Yes, it's five hundred dollars. If you're looking at our Android device, our high-end Android device, it's going to be priced here still. So if I drop another high-end Android device, that means the priv clearly is going to drop to my mid-level Vienna. Let's just theoretically say that it's a, a entry-level device. Then that will be there. I think it should be region-specific. Give the priv time. Bring it stateside. You drop another device. But it, it's like I said, it's a numbers game. So we don't know enough about the Vienna, but if it is top end, yes, I say give it some time. Give the prep time because it needs to get the software updates to make it a solid device and then say we can really put more behind this, especially when you get uh, releases from other carriers. You know, that's the other thing. Like we, like I said, the, the whole carrier thing is still out there. We've seen it on Verizon. We don't say it. We just can't say that it's on Verizon yet. <laughs> it's unofficial. Same with T-Mobile and same with Sprint. We don't know, but it's been rumored. So until we see things etched in stone, then you can kind of make you know, your own opinion on what you feel like its time frame should be. And Alex, what, what are some of your thoughts on it, man? Would you agree that the PRIB definitely just needs some time to, to, to grow in the market before another device hits? Because here's, how, here's kind of how I see it, right? We've got PRIV set up as a high-end device. Passport, especially the Silver Edition Passport, the latest, is kind of now set up as this device that's already a mid-range device, so to speak. It's like a high mid-range in pricing and as well the specs, where you've got the hex core, the quad core, and then you've got the dual core with Classic and Leap. So they kind of have their product range, even if it's across multiple OSs. Now, if mm -hmm. they bring in an, another Android device and they put it right in the middle, if it falls just under Passport but right above you know, Classic and Leap, that's probably that sweet spot that Darius was talking about. You know? Yeah, and I think you need to think strategically about it too. When, all, when this phone comes out, there's going to be more reviews because it's another Android phone. So you should really use that as an opportunity to have the, the, the hub refined and the calendar and everything kind of refined because part of reviewing the device is going to be the BlackBerry software. So get that down, like as Darius was saying, really get that refined because that's another kind of time to review for the device. So I really think they should give it more time, just get their software solid and before they move forward with that. But James, you did a you had came back and did a review on a device. Um I can't remember which one it is specifically up top. I know you like you came back later to the device after uh pretty much it was an OS I wanna say was it ten was it ten dot two? And I wanna say you did like a I don't know, I can't remember bro. I just know you did a review on it because you let you allowed it to be more refined and then it was like Listening to that review, I don't know if it was specifically a device or it was just more of the OS itself. I think it was a Z30, like 10.3 revisited or something like that's, that. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. And it was like, if you watch the the first one, right, I'm not going to use the words painful to look at and, you know, watch it at that time. Like, man, you know, but when you watch the revisited review of it, it was like, bro, this is a solid device. No matter if, even if the specs were outdated, you know what I mean? Like the... The device and the OS together made it solid, and it made it work at the time. And you're just looking at it like, yeah, I would buy that now. So we're not even looking at a long turnaround because we know that the updates in the software that is needed for the priv currently will happen in the near future. So I think it would be safe to say, like, hey, if, if another review happens of this device, they could totally push it. 
but not only that, they can also just say that, hey, let's kind of do a a second push in terms of uh, quote unquote relaunching the device. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. they especially when Marshmallow comes through, they're oh, gonna yeah, have to right. look at it's it. A whole, a... Marshmallow makes it a whole nother device. Like I, I don't I mean I don't see I don't know if y'all see it how I see it, but I really feel like if Marshmallow comes to this device, it makes it a new device. Just like when people have the Galaxy S five, they got a marshmallow update. Oh I'm not some marshmallow, excuse me, a lollipop update. They had a whole nother device on their hands because you bring a material design to it. So if you have the turnaround of the marshmallow, not to say that it's a completely uh, overhaul of the um, UI or anything of that nature, but, I mean, you're bringing the new security features on top of the new Android features as well, and everything BlackBerry brings to the table, you kind of got a whole new device in your hands. I think yeah, I, we talked about it, that, you know, the crib was definitely built with marshmallow in mind. DTAC as a whole, like, that literally is built with the, the permission controls that marshmallow has, so... Yeah. I think this phone is built for marshmallows, so for it to not get another review when marshmallow comes out, I think that would be kind of a sad thing to happen. Right. I think I'm I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say this, but because I like to get people optimistic, especially when it comes to BlackBerry. But I think when we see this device more run BlackBerry ten. No, <laughs> no, no, no. No. <laughs> no, please. I don't want to I don't wanna do that. <laughs> Darius no. said it, not me. <laughs> No, um, I think when we get more of like a information on release of the Prev on Verizon, and it, I want to say it's coming. Like I said, we 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 speculate on it's coming. It's coming. Verizon it's tweeted coming soon, yeah. so it's, it's coming. coming. So, uh, I think when we get a release on Verizon is when you will see a release of possibly Marshmallow right around it. So, and I I don't want to even go too far being like. Ah, that's a big maybe. Like, no, I really think that's serious because I, when you have this device across multiple carriers, carriers want these updates because it's kind of a competition. But amongst carriers to say, hey, we had this on ours first. Um, it could be AT&T. It could be Verizon. It could be wherever case may be. But hopefully BlackBerry sticks to their word and provide these security updates monthly as they should. I think it's not too far fetched to say so. So I think it will be okay to see a marshmallow right around the corner. Because I expect, I can say it's safe to say we'll see the Priv and Verizon's network on top of 2016 or so. If not, a little beforehand. Yeah. And James, I, I, I think I noticed you had two of something that, there's a lot of people watching that, that want one of these things, and it looks like you have two of them? Yeah, yeah. I don't talk about it. <laughs> I I had to literally go to Chop Blackberry and steal these units. No, um, one is thankfully an AT&T review unit, which is which is dope, it, which is which is clutch. I mean, it's funny because when we talk about like, and some of our Patreon questions kind of allude to this, so we'll do this transition now to answer some because they are these questions are awesome. Like these are better than questions I could come up with because these are just on point. So. We have Ahmed who asks, he's over in Egypt, he says, I'm ordering the Priv really soon. I would love insight from everyone on it and whether it's worth the money. Plus, good topic for reviewing the YouTube reviews, which reviews did you guys like, etc. Oh, plus, plus he wants to know, is heating a serious issue on the Priv? And would certainly appreciate Alex's family feedback on this. And he's like, why does no one talk about accessories? So that's like five questions. Okay. Again. Let's break it down. Let's break it down. We'll go quick through these because we've got to hammer these out in yeah. the next like, 10 minutes. So let's first talk about is it worth the money? 
Darius, at this point for you, was it worth the money? Yes, and I'm going to ask you a question real quick, James. Why do you think it's worth as much as it is? Do you? I'm, I'll put it. Do you think it is because BlackBerry needs to make money, or do you think it is because of the software that they provide along with this hardware? I think it's a little bit of both, right? I think that they've, and in my review, I really go into this in a lot more depth. But I think this device is one of those. And, and Blaze said it in his review, and I, I really do agree with him. The device just feels familiar in the hand. Like, you pick it up, and you're like, I've held this before, and I don't know why. I don't know how. Maybe I had a wide remote. I have no idea. But <laughs> you, pick this, you pick this thing up, and it feels familiar. And I, don't, and I never had a slider. I never had a 9800, never had a 9810. But it just felt like something that just felt right. And I feel like the hardware is really, really well engineered. It's futuristic. Everything's done in a smart, smart way. The this the speaker's facing the front, <laughs> the right way. I mean, like those right. small, small things like make it and really, really elevate it to that cost level. And of right. course, the the added security where I have a confidence in BlackBerry that this device may not be more secure than some of the latest, latest Android offerings. But I know, in a, from a security perspective, it's going to get the attention that it needs. And as well, right. I feel like in terms of Android. They really did a lot to bring productivity to the table. So yeah. is it worth the money? Hell yeah. You get apps yeah. and the best of BlackBerry. I mean, uh, you, can't, you can't ask for more. What about you, Alex? There, there's one more thing in addition to that that, that I like to bring up. For I've, I've mentioned it a few times to people that take something, for example, if you play old games on an emulator. So, <laughs> yes, there's the on-screen keyboard, which sucks. It, it's never worked well. For, or the on-screen, rather, the buttons. But you flip that open... And now you can move around just using the, your fingers on that and having physical buttons to press. It makes, like, gaming actually enjoyable. So if you, for instance, are someone that likes old games, then this is like buying a Game Boy Color, like, in modern day to have it on. Like, it's, that's just a one 2K, that, A 2K Game Boy Color with a curved display. Of, I'm not even, not even kidding, though. Like, that is something that might bring it over the edge for people understanding value like worth. That's just one of the things. I yeah. thought I was going to be typing on the keyboard about 20% of the time. I'm probably closer up to like 50-50. I'm, I, it depends. Like if I'm laying in bed or something, then I'll pull out the, the, the physical keyboard. Depending right. on the scenario, I'll use virtual as, as opposed to physical. And I'm using the physical a lot more than I thought I would be, and I'm getting really quick with it. So simply, is the price worth it? Looking at the physical keyboard, I say definitely. I, my my thing is when you look at the priv, and when you said it's just something about the the priv that makes you feel like it, it's you know it's been it's familiar to you you know it's not like you've had it before. I think it's because it's something we've always wanted and we expected from BlackBerry and we got it. I think that's what makes it feel so home for us. Second, uh, I think like when you look at the priv, you it's clearly quality over quantity. So in order to get quality, you know, you're going to pay it. You know, you're going to pay for it, um, essentially. But um, I think overall, you're definitely paying for your software. You're definitely paying for the hardware. But more importantly, you know, every issue that is wrong with the priv that you can find wrong, I will say that. It is software related and it can be fixed. And when you can say it can be fixed and not ah, I have to wait for the next one to come out, that makes you feel good about it. 
Right. Because it's, it's not the it's not the first storm. You exactly. Know? You know what I'm saying? It, it that's what makes it future proof. When people see and talk about like the front facing camera and, and so on and so forth, my biggest gripe that I would have in terms of the hardware would just say four gigs of RAM. Because that would make it super future proof. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. like that that adds on the longevity. Not to say that three gigs of RAM is an issue because that's Still, it, it's it's kicking. It's good. Trust me, it'll be good for a long time. But four gigs of RAM just makes it that much better. So if I had a gripe, then it would be that. But that's not a gripe of mine. It's neither here Which nor there. Which I think I think even so, though, at that point, the processor is going to be the limitation when you're talking about four gigs of RAM. Yeah. So yeah. I and the battery. I mean, you don't want to. Yeah. It's already it already drains with the full encryption yeah. and how, right. how much muscle it's going through. So and, and YouTube YouTube reviews, guys. Which ones did you guys like? I really liked Dom's. Dom Esposito did a really nice quality yeah. review. He was kind of like you know, eh, the device is whatever. I didn't like his opinion, but I liked the review. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Right. No, it was a very high quality review that he had. Yeah, I think everyone's been. I think everyone's been fair. I don't think there's been a bad review out there in terms of. Yeah. Video reviews that we've seen. I think everyone's been fair. Everyone's been calling it exactly what it is, yeah. and they everyone's been excited. They say, "I like this device. I actually love it." My biggest issue is this, but I absolutely love it. So it doesn't make me feel any way about the device. Still, I would continue to use it. Yeah. And and I, if you pay attention to each one of these video reviews that you're seeing out there, they're also saying at the end of the video, "I will continue to use this device." So that means that it, they really want to give it a chance, and they really want to see. The device itself succeeds. So, I mean, yeah. you know, you got. Yeah. I don't know. It's not hasn't been one out there I haven't liked. There's, I don't know. It They've all been very fair. I, I thought I thought the Verge was fair, but mm -hmm. it was also kind of aggrandized to be something more than it was, right? Yeah. Calling it, it's just too buggy. I mean, well, sh shit, Android's buggy. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of, it kind of is what it is. So I would, I would agree with you guys. Everything's been yeah. pretty level so far. I heating, think heating is a serious issue. Just to move through Ahmed's questions here, it's not that big a deal. It really yeah. isn't. And no. and I live in Florida where it's hot, and I'm I'm not, you know, I'm probably more sensitive or less sensitive to it, excuse me, than normal as opposed to someone who may be living in the north and it's actually nice. If you watch Erica, she did Erica Griffith did a long, long review and she's like, you know, I live where it's cold and I actually like the hot. Yeah, <laughs> she does a twenty five minute review. Like that thing is long. Yeah. She goes through a lot of the, the niceties of, you know, screen resolution and color balance Even and a lot color, of stuff. Like yeah. That. So yeah. but you know, no one no one talks about accessories. I think that's another point that Ahmed makes here. No one yeah. talks about accessories. Are any of you guys using an accessory on your device? My stepdad has two accessories, so he's been mixing around both. Um, one thing I did want to mention, though, Android Central, they had the review where they had the guy hold the phone, and then like after he's like, you know, push on the screen and, and push it up, and then the Google guy's, oh, holy shit, or whatever. And it's I, I can relate to that because I showed the device to one of my friends, and he's never really liked BlackBerry. He's an iPhone user. He was playing with the phone, and seriously, five minutes in, we were sitting out at dinner, and I told him, I was like, put put your thumb on, on the screen and then push up. And then he, he goes like that. And I was like, no, 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 like, push harder on the screen. And he goes, like, he goes whoa. Like, it threw, totally threw him off. He had no idea. And it's like, that really, it, it was just an awesome experience for me. And he played with my phone for 20, that, 25 that is That is worth $800 right there. <laughs> Honestly, it kind of is. But, yeah, you mentioned, so the accessories. My, my stepdad, he has this the swivel holster. The problem was he he hooked it onto his pocket, so he was getting out of his car, and your pocket is not really where the holster thing is supposed to be clipped to, so it kind of flew off and hit the ground on cement. It hit the corner, and it didn't 
didn't crack or anything bad. It was just a little bit of scuff, but um, the the thing that I, the problem I have with the holster is you're taking the phone out of it and it's a tight fit. So chances are you're not going to drop your phone when it's in the holster. You're going to drop it when you're getting it out of the holster, and then that's like, well, it's not even a case at that point. You're just dropping right. it bare bone. So I kind of have a little bit of a qualm with that. We're still waiting from Shop Blackberry the other case to come in, the one that has the the flip over uh, screen. And that I'm looking a lot more forward to seeing how that goes for him. But that was like seventy bucks after taxes, seventy five boxes. Yeah, I'm I'm looking to get the uh, tan uh, flip uh, case. I played with the level the other holster in AT and T the other day. I mean, of course, like all their leather uh, accessories just feel great. Um, but I just you know it's just one of those. I feel like the the leather holster is one of those. More of a, I don't want to call it accessory. I want to call it more of a, uh, I don't know how to put it. It's, it's kind of like wearing a watch. If you're gonna use the leather holster, it's more like you know if you wear a watch or a necklace or something like that. It's not necessarily something to kind of have on um, with you in terms of the use of device because you you need it for something. It's just more because you want it. Yeah, it's Host. like it's like I gotta run or I gotta stay mobile. Right. I need right. this as you know as an aside. Right. And that's, that's that's really what an accessory is supposed to be, right? It's not supposed to be something that just looks good, you know. Right, you know, utility. Right. Um, I just, in terms of the the accessories, what I am kind of most excited about that it's clearly been sold out, and me and James were discussing this, um, is the uh Priv SyncPod Nest to change. If you have a SyncPod, um, you can change the Nest out so it fits the Priv, um. And I haven't been able to get that. I've seen some websites are, you know, pre-order now when it comes in. Yeah, yeah. This is this is what Darius is talking about. So I have a sync pod, which I bought with Passport. Mm -hmm. And all I did was buy the Nest for the Priv, which was like nine bucks on Shop Blackberry, but they've yep. all sold out. And you literally can just install one atop the other, bam, boom, oh, shazam. Cool. And yep. now you're Priv. But again, there's no blend. There's no Things I like to use it for, so I don't use it. It's it's literally, and you know, you know, we talked about accessories. I'm not gonna use one. This device is super solid. It's fine. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> I mean, it's really because I have two. I mean, that's whatever. <laughs> but it's the thing is, like, accessories are so expensive these days yeah. for these devices. It's like I'm gonna spend another fifty to hundred bucks on just accessories. Right. I'll pay. I'll pay the six ninety nine for an insurance plan. Before yeah. I go ahead and do that, you know, we're but doing the insurance we, plan, and yeah. well, it's two hundred dollars if you do break your phone. So it's like, so I'll save, I'll save the hundred fifty bucks I would have bought accessories, and if I do break my phone off, chances exactly. hundred ninety nine bucks, hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, and the AT and T one decreases over time. So six yeah. months in, then it's hundred fifty. Another six months, and then it bottoms out at hundred. So I mean, whatever accessories are meh. I'd like to see some cool ones, but I haven't seen too many yet, aside from that leather one that Darius was talking about, which allows that you know the little front panel, kind of like Samsung devices, to act as a little widget. So yeah. Nick on our Patreon support private BBM channel asks, when the Priv was first announced, there were rumors that the hardware was built by Samsung. Was it? And I will speak on this. The hardware is built by BlackBerry's core manufacturing base in Winstrom. The screen is built in the same factory that Samsung has their screens built. But again, this screen was actually built custom for Priv. It is not a reuse of Samsung screens. So built by BlackBerry, same hardware department that worked on Passport, same one that worked on Priv, done basically in-house with their own manufacturing teams. And as well, the Samsung screen was manufactured in the same factory that Samsung is manufacturing theirs. However, it was brought over and actually assembled by Winstrom. 
So I hope that answers your question there, Nick. Another one from PB. Do you guys feel that production delays will hurt sales or the apparent strong demand will have a positive effect? We kind of talked about this a little bit. But Alex, what are some of your thoughts? Do you think that these production delays at the end of the day are really going to hurt this device in the sales? Or do you think it's going to be something people get over and they are willing to wait? Yeah, I don't think it's going to hurt them. Again, a lot of Android users, like I mentioned with the 6P, they're used to these kind of delays happening. Do I think that it's going to help sales? I think, you know, the Passport, I think there were they had some, like, you know, running out of stock problems, things going on with that. And obviously the device didn't sell all that great. So I really... I don't think that BlackBerry is trying to pull one on us and make it seem like there's a lot more demand than there really is. Um, so I don't think it's going to help sales. I think people are going to be patient enough and, and wait for it. And then I know that there's also a lot of people who are waiting for phones that have the Qualcomm 820 because the 808 and the 810 really haven't been that great this year. So I can kind of see a bunch of different boats. Solid-ass answer. There's, there's, there's two camps to everything, right? And with this, with this device... Never mind. We'll see it for the review. It's coming this week, guys. So I'm not going to say any more on that. <laughs> okay. So we have Johnny from the UK. If the proven future Android phones from BlackBerry are successful, what are the pros and cons of BlackBerry making another tablet, this time running Android? Uh, let's get this one off the ground. <laughs> Here, here's, the thing, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. When John Chen, in that same Chinese interview that Darius mentioned yeah. earlier, he mentioned a tablet and that something's in the works. So right. I think Johnny's question's right on point, right? This is happening whether but we there's are... The secu, there's the Secu tablet, right? Which, which, was a, which was a deal that was already built in prior to them buying them. But I'm saying, like, they're, what what would they do with a consumer-facing tablet? Like, why would why would they want to take the risk of the hardware for a tablet? Like, it makes sense for a phone. They could put their productivity suite, and then thinking about, like, from a tablet, do you really need the hub to do all of your email? Do you write all of your email responses on a tablet? Here's the Not thing. Here's the thing, right? Look at the iPad Pro, right? Look at the keyboard accessory it comes with. If BlackBerry were to build a tablet, build their own keyboard accessory with a touch-enabled keyboard and replicate it a lot of that experience, I think it'd be dope. And honestly, that is something that gets me closer to a laptop replacement than probably the iPad Pro does because I still have all the Android apps. Is there a place for it? Yes, I think there's a place it between where Playbook was and the Secu tablet plays at pricing. There's a lot of meat in the middle that BlackBerry's I, I letting, wanna, letting Apple have because they have nothing to supplement in the enterprise space specifically. I will agree with you. Once iOS or sorry, once Android and Chrome OS they merge because they're going to be doing that by 2017. Once that happens, I will agree with you. Right now, I think just scaling Android up on a tablet, it's really not that productive. You don't really have multi. You don't have anything like it's. It's not a laptop replacement in my eyes whatsoever. So once they do this merging, it closer to do like I don't know why you would go with anything Android or iOS compared to a Surface, a Surface Pro or whatever because you have full Windows, you have a full desktop operating system on your tablet, and that's so, not the case for Android and iOS. I think when BlackBerry, Black, I think as BlackBerry and Google's relationship furthers, okay, and Google allows BlackBerry to kind of start doing the things that they really, really want to do to the Android OS, I think that's when we will see more of... I think that's when you will actually see BlackBerry speak more on the tablet, okay? And then you kind you can see that. I think right now it's just... They would be just blowing money and burning it away for no yeah, reason. Yeah, they got to get stable. 
Yeah. Right. You know, let's get the get the priv solid first and get another Android handset out there that's solid as well. Because I really just feel like what you see with the priv is merely the beginning because you can see so much potential. As good as this is now, you can see the potential in it later. Um, but, you know, in everything I just said, I said the same thing with the passport. I was like, I can't wait yeah. to see the generation. You know what I'm saying? And it, you find yourself saying it all the time, BlackBerry. Like, man, this is so good. Now you can only see the... Put. But no, I really still feel like there's definitely a space for the passport, especially with an Android OS. I mean, I would not be surprised if they were to bring that to the table as well. And or if that is going to be what the Venice is, mine is just a work-wide because... I, I don't. I can't lie. I do miss working with what I really do, but uh, they do understand when you're working with Android. Android, the OS is just scaled for that candy bar, you know, uh, style device. So, eh, but a tablet, I want to see. As James mentioned, if you can see the touch-enabled keyboard that BlackBerry creates on their own, replicated on the screen, and so on and so forth. I mean, you really can see a lot of potential this, there. This is a hot. A hot market right now. Apple's yeah. actually patented a keyboard that has some of the touch features that BlackBerry has, and I think if they give up that market to Apple, they will never be able to get it back. I think if they want to come in with a larger style keyboard that's touch enabled for a tablet, again, Chrome OS will get there. The OS will get an update because Android's working it, right? I think they've got a lot more solidarity to bring these devices in the market. And I think as well, small businesses have a place for it as too. This is a Samsung S10 Pro wrapped in an OtterBox, right? It's business grade to walk around and actually do work with. You can take pictures. I had a utility maintenance guy come in here with a tablet. He was taking pictures of some of the VIN numbers and things and then supplementing that instead of having to pull out his phone. This yeah. Is a hardened tablet for work. This is built for work, just like I think BlackBerry devices are. And I think if BlackBerry is going to segment themselves as a company that focuses on security, they need a tablet offering. And I say they need it in the next two years before tablets are totally irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, you go into stores now. Like I just went to DSW today, and usually there's registers you know, that you go up, you take your shoes to, you buy, and you get out. But... There was a little workstation where she had an iPad. She had a little scanner in her hand. She scans the barcode. It goes to her iPad. She rings it up, swipes my card, and I go about my business. Um, and I see that in a lot of stores. I mean, they go to an AT&T store. They have iPads in their hand. They're looking up all your information there. So, yes, it's definitely there. You know, you, you see the potential, but I just feel like BlackBerry is still a ways off from that. But you made a good point in terms of saying if you allow Apple to get in what you're good at, then you're, you're, yes, there, there, there won't be that space for you to come back into it. Um, because though the playbook had a lot of potential, it just, I think it came, it was like one of those things that was ahead of its time, you know, and it, that's really what it was. It was ahead of its time. Um, I don't know. Playbook is, I don't know, I don't want to talk about it. It's, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's bittersweet, bro. <laughs> Johnny, bitter. Johnny, thank you. You made us all emotional with your question right. about a tablet running Android. <laughs> Last question we have here is from Alex. Hopefully not too late. Just curious. Do you guys think that the Vienna leak is damage control for all of that quote-unquote last device talk leading up to the Priv release? And if not, does it seem to us that it's going to hurt Priv sales? A lot of people are on the fence about Priv, and a lot of them may just sit and stay out now. What do you guys think? Chen was vocal that the Priv is not the first and last Android device. Like we heard after he, it and, launched. 
Yeah, I, after after the Priv launched, the, he had a little interview going on. So I, I sure it doesn't. I don't. I don't think that this leak was the thing that confirmed. Like, yeah, they're definitely coming out with advice. Like Chen said it straight from his his mouth that he's like, they they asked if, if the Priv was going to be the only device to save them this year, and and Chen was like, no, we we have something else planned or whatever. So I think that confirmed it. But sure, it never hurts to get some more confirmation with a a leak like this. But I think it is still more hoping to the BlackBerry loyalists as well because it's like, oh man, yeah, they're, they're still doing it. You know, they're still making devices. I think that's a good thing that you do see the Vienna and not just see the Priv and nothing else. Or yeah. it, just, it gives me more confidence in the company's future because I, right. I got other shit coming, you know? And right. I feel better about it, especially from a buying perspective. So I don't, I don't think it hurts it. Um, don't get me wrong. It's, you know, I think with every leak, it is a uh, a portion of it is damage control. She she does make a good point because you kind of want to keep your secrets invested in yourself. But um, no, I, I think it, it does do some good though because you know it keeps your fans, it keeps the consumers saying, okay, I I still have things to look forward to. You know, if there's hardware, there's going to continue to be software support clearly in the hardware you know division. So you know. More things are to come, and it just keeps you optimistic about the future products. Yeah, I mean, if if the, this leak was another kind of high end device, maybe if it was like an all touch slab or something like that, then sure, I think that would hurt the print sales. But it's right. pretty obvious that this is totally a different kind of form factor, and it might get probably going to be a little bit lower end. So I don't think that's going to really affect. The I mean, if anything, you kind of got to look at it. Like, remember, remember when the leak priv started and how they just didn't stop, and it was like, man, just yeah. drop the device already. That I felt like would have hurt the sales more than the Vienna dropping. You know what I'm saying? Like. I don't think it has anything to do with it. I just think that uh, they have to just really show the support behind the priv right now. And, and Alex made a good point. Here we are about two weeks out now, and we haven't seen anything yet. So we need to see something here soon. Um, hopefully we will by weeks in, or if not, by top of next week. Excuse me, but we need to do, we do need to see more updates in terms of software for this device currently right now. And that wraps it up for our Patreon questions. Again, guys, thanks so much for participating in our private BBM channel. I will do my best to get that post out for you guys on Saturday so everyone's got a full day instead of a couple hours to actually get their questions in. Um, we're going to hop on the after show and talk some shit. What do you guys, uh, I got some topics. I got some Vienna stuff that I can actually uh, spill on the low. Um, I think you, and I'll say this to those to tease you guys for the after show. You're gonna like the Vienna from from the things I've heard and, and you know so much is is you know up in the air in terms of changes but I think you're gonna be impressed with this device from a hardware perspective and a spec perspective and that that price is gonna be fair toward that end like leap three hundred bucks for that I mean is a little bit like uh but I think Vienna's they've lined up a lot of their mentality in terms of hardware and Priv is a very clear indication of that. And as well, now they're not tied to the BlackBerry 10 software reference platform. Now they can explore the Android side and their security and playing that in. So let's hop on this after show, gentlemen. Uh, we got some stuff to talk about. Thank you, everyone, for watching this week. This has been number 74. Stay tuned for more. And as well, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to support more podcasts just like this one. Have a good night, guys. Take care. Later. Take it easy. Hope you get your privs. Yeah, mine's on the ground. I'll pick it up later. <laughs>